Hi, welcome back to the Help Show for our Daddy's Lesson Series, Episode 10. Now, I got a caught up with our very own Dallas native, Lincoln Stevens, on how important fatherhood is to him and how it changed his life. We also have Malin Lee with an alternative perspective on fatherhood. Hi, this is Nayeta, and you're listening to The Help Show. I am with Malin Lee. Um, he is on The Help Show's team. Say hey, Malin. What's up, everybody? What's up, really? <laughs> and um, also, Malin is a blogger. What's your blog's name? Dark Happiness 38. Dark Happiness 38. That sounds really mystical. Spooky. Woo, okay. <laughs> so... Um, I know you guys are aware that it is Father's Day weekend, um, 2017. And what I have done for Father's Day, I took a couple guys that I know and, um, I interviewed them as far as the different backgrounds. And the reason we're interviewing Malin because his background is very different, um, than any man that I pretty much know. Um, Maylin, I want you to be able to let the audience know a little bit about you. Number one, um, where are you from? I am by way of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay. And I've lived in Shreveport, Louisiana, Ruston, Louisiana, Anaheim, California, Fullerton, California. And I am now back in, well, not back, but I am in the new state of Texas in Dallas. Okay. Okay. And besides that, we are talking about, you know, fathers being a part of our, of our lives and how, um, or lack thereof. Okay. Or lack thereof. And, you know, the reason I I did this, um, this, this part of the series, because, you know, there's always something good and then you have something, you know, some fathers are not that great. So I don't want it to be like, you know, peach and cream, daddy, I sit on my daddy's lap, you know, um, he taught me how to throw a ball and drive a car and mm-hmm. catch women. And, you know, I want people to really understand that sometime when you don't or do have a father in your life, um, it can change you, but sometimes it can, then sometimes it makes you stronger. Um, sometimes it may or may not bother you. I don't know. So we're going to get into this interview with, um, with, with Malin and um, find a little bit about his father and how he grew up. And um, if you, if you kind of had like, you know, who was your father figure first and foremost? Was your father your father figure, Malin? No. No, um... why not? Um, from that, that story is still untold. A lot of that was kept from me, uh, growing up still to this day, very vague. Um, at, after this point, I've, two years ago, I found out his name. Okay. And that's literally all I know of him. Okay. Uh, don't know much background, just of the origin of name. I know that it's African. He's an African descent, um, into the question on male figure, okay. I have multiple male figures in my life. Okay. The whole saying it takes a village to raise a child. Okay. That kind of stood true for me. Okay. And uh, I think the standpoint of seeing and trying to adapt the best way I could, but it wasn't a good, it was never an easy or good transition because. 
Um, another thing you guys could know about me, I grew up, I'm the only person in my family without um, a dad or father in their life and no other siblings. So growing up, you see all your other cousins, all your other family members have dads or brothers and sisters or one or the other. And you see that and you kind of, you know, wonder where that was there for you. Mm-hmm. And you stop questioning it. And the instant mindset goes to that you're not, that you weren't good enough or not worthy of what everyone else has. So that stigma kind of stick. Well, it stuck for honestly a good bit. What's a good bit, Malin? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Probably, I can't lie, parts of it still has a effect on me, but. I kind of grew past stages probably after I left home at okay. age 18. 18, okay. So that was kind of like a a clear release for me to fully venture where I didn't have... I can't say I didn't have much growing up, mm-hmm. but what was there, I knew that there was more out there to get, to experience, to see. Mm-hmm. So I kind of um, made a transition to kind of leave what I knew of what life was and what was supposed to be at that point. So a question I have to ask you. Um, so when you're at a listening stage of life, that's probably like, let's say um, that's like 12, 13, you know, those stages in life, you kind of identify who you are. Um, and then sometime um, I'm going to say that having a father, I want to say it's an issue, but it kind of not having a father can be very detrimental to a child, especially if you don't know who your father is. Um, and especially if you don't, um, if you really, truly never communicated with your father. And then, and growing up to being who you are, like, how did you do that? Like, how did you, how did you know who Malin was? How? I didn't. <clears throat> um, I guess being somewhat sheltered, Okay. And somewhat... So your mother shelters you? Well, not necessarily shelter me. I okay. kind of almost sheltered myself, honestly, because A, I had a mindset that I was already not worth what everyone else had. And then okay. B, I didn't want to create... I didn't, well, I didn't know how to create my own culture mm-hmm. on like who I was. I was just always saw what you're not supposed to do or told what you're not supposed to do. Right. Or you're not supposed to go who you're not supposed to hang around. This is bad. This is good. Um, of course, grew up in the church. Okay. So just doing that, that became like a routine lifestyle. Okay. And always having the mindset of worrying, like basically don't like don't mess up. I kind of had that mindset. Like almost still to this day, like don't mess up. Like you already have a knockdown you don't have a dad you don't have any brothers or sisters hmm. so you don't have anything else to fall back on if anything happens like it's it's all on you you don't have any brothers or sisters that you could blame it on or a dad you can blame it on or say the fix of certain things like I saw um I saw many troubled households okay but I saw I kind of saw it from a distance when you're around friends, when you're around family, you see 
you see what people want you to see, right. but you never, I never saw um, behind closed doors, and that affected me in many different areas from how to interact with people, okay. how to be sociable, how to even deal with girls, how to, um, how to do stuff growing up to be a man. Like you missed that link because I grew up by in a household. Um, from what I remember, my mom, my grandmother, in and out, my uncle, he had some, um, issues, uh, legally. Um, he was in and out of the mix. And sometime I would have like a cousin, my grandmother passed and I was always kind of moving around, getting shuffled around. My grandmother passed. We lost her home. We moved in with um, a cousin. So in that household, it was you, I guess that transition, I was young, but I kind of saw what I didn't have. I moved in with my cousin and from with them it was my cousin his wife at the time his two kids so it's a whole new world if you've been in a household and you're seen and trying to understand those things but you just don't get it because you didn't have that growing up to structure yeah you didn't have the structure almost to Mm -hmm. i was what 11 12 years old i didn't see like a structure of that but a big um i guess i can use this as a shout out the Young Leaders Academy, I guess that's where the part of learning how to become a man kind of played a huge part. I, I Like I said, much credit to the men that I had in my family. Uh, it was many of them that I can never be more thankful for, but the Young Leaders Program kind of really sparked it because you saw other kids in the community mm-hmm. that you were always around. You saw um you saw mentors okay that weren't like your father or someone in your family but you still see them the interaction you have with them mm-hmm. and you can see them portray the same exact image that you have with that they have with you with their kids when they're out with their wife you saw all of that okay. so kind of seeing that you see like okay this is completely real okay. not saying that things with family and friends were fake right it was just a transition that you see like it's completely real because like I said when I moved in with my cousin it was more of a like it was a whirlwind because what I saw how they would interact with each other family functions church whatever the case may be mm-hmm. it's different when you're in the household right so I guess um, with the Young Leaders Program I kind of saw it across the board okay. and then you are involved more with I guess at a young age, would would be personal development. So, so the Young Leaders Program. Who was your um, your mentor? Kirk Bennett. Kirk That's Bennett. A, a man, I can. If he was still here today, rest in peace. Um, the values, well, along with his staff, the values I learned from them uh, are no words can really express um, the gratitude for that program. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it's still around now, but. The mentoring, the leadership, the aspect of there's more outside of your community because right. I'm from Baton Rouge, East Baton Rouge Parish, and it's kind of a I I want to say a 
a glass glass ceiling, but it's more of a small town mentality that yeah. I call it. It's a it's issue on what you see, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what's there, and this is what you're supposed to do. Because you saw you see the same trend of what I saw growing up in my background, specifically not speaking for any other background, but lower income, hmm. single mother, and from what I saw, you see only guys that you see really get out or athletes and rappers. So you saw Brandon Bash, you saw um even Kijik Brown, you saw Lil Boosie. Yeah. Things like that. You see those figures and you think, I guess this is my way out. It wasn't much to transition out of that. But against the Young Leaders program, you saw kind of outside of that blanket that they that the the mindset of community can put on you at times. And uh that kind of led to me moving to California too. But with the mindset of just that alone, the aspect of a dad was um, missed in a sense when right. you don't even know how vital and important like of what you're missing. So, huh? So the question I have to ask you: um, So you said you never spoke to your father, right? Nope. And if you could talk <laughs> to your father right now, if he was listening, <laughs> like what would you? want to ask him what like what would you say I honestly I honestly don't know um every you always hear people say oh if I if I ever got in this situation I like I honestly don't feel like any of that's true hmm. um I feel like you you kind of adapt to the situation I think that's what I would have to do because part of me had like there's so many emotions mixed into it Neglect, anger, um, gratitude, as weird as it sounds, um, reluctance that I didn't fall into other, like, gaps. Um, it gave other people in my life the opportunity to kind of fill that void that was there. So there's a lot of, I guess it was a, it'd be a lot of mixed emotions, a lot of questions. And I guess, the, I guess at my age now, it would be a... On a understanding aspect and okay. B what else is kind of there like relationship wise mm. like again I may be wrong because I'm not in that setting I don't think that I would really thrive on really right away wanting that I think I will care more about the other side of it the family like I said he's African the culture the family members that can be there if there's any brothers any sisters mm. any you know connection wise like you don't I don't know what's there so I guess that'll be I guess most of my questioning and then like I guess figuring out well not even figuring out but just I don't know just filling in the best I can the the blanks to the questions that I have I Hmm. guess so um so do you forgive your father because right now... In what aspect? Of abandonment. He abandoned you. He did. Uh, going going on culture, going on how I was raised, about forgiveness. If you look in the Bible, um, 
which way, whichever way you look at it, of course that side of me pulls to yes. But far as um, but far as I don't know, I don't know full full forgiveness. I can't honestly say that I'm there yet. At least you're being honest. I can't say that I'm fully. Yeah, yeah, for it's just like, oh, it is what it is. Like, because, like, I guess it's a, it's a step out of outside of myself. I think more than anything, I think about my mom so much. The transition, like, I just turned 27 this year. Okay. Um, and the transition on my mom was 27 when she had me. So that kind of idea of what she was about to prepare to go through. With me as a young baby growing up, um, family, the whole deal, I guess it makes me feel compassion and fill in the gap for that because, like I said, that's something that you can't replace. Time you won't get back. Efforts you won't get back. People that you... um, People that you can't give their time back for things they may have had to do for me with lack thereof... uh, so yeah, I think just overall it's a I don't know, it goes a little bit deeper than just overall just forgiveness because there's so many different layers to it. Because I can forgive you for one thing some other stuff is like uh, so, you, so you don't forgive him? At this point I can say I can but like it's he's still weak because no matter how you put it, how you try to isolate it, your reasoning. Okay. It's it's twenty seven years, hmm. and the fact that you know, and you for whatever reason you haven't addressed it, I can't formulate of a good idea in my mind on why to this point you can't address it. No matter if you feel. That would be hate, anger, whatever. You put that on yourself. Okay. So it's like, you know, like, you, it's almost like it's having a face like you just didn't care, I guess. So, you, growing up without a, without a father, but an amazing mom, um, mm-hmm. do you, do you want to, do you want a wife? Do you want children? Yeah, for sure. Okay. And it's not. I'm not sure if I'm jumping the gun on your question. And none of it's in the idea of me trying to be the father that I never had or be better than him. Uh-huh. It's just a genuine principle that I was raised on on you're tight tightly knitted with people and you want to be the reason someone else becomes better in life no matter what it is. And you want to be that that center point for people that people just in general even if it's not a kids if it's not a marriage just with people in general having a strong relationship because no one can replace that so right so the question I was going to ask you what kind of father would you want to be uh, <laughs> you just like well what kind of father uh, do you want to be the father I want to be I guess um, do you want a big family do you want a small family do you you know. Whatever happens, whatever huh. God and fate and the universe puts in my lap, um, huh. I'm gonna roll with them. I'm not gonna 
Um, I'm not going to shy away from things. I'm going to let it happen how it happens. The good, the bad, the ugly. Okay. The great. Um, I think I will want to be like I said, looked at where kind of like one of my life goals and passions. I want to be the person that you can look up and say, you're the reason I didn't give up. Yeah. You're the reason, whatever the case may be, I kept going. So kind of having that mindset far as a dad or a husband or just a great friend that's kind of across the board how I would want to be. Dad-wise, uh, it may sound crazy, but highlights of seeing accomplishments, being able to be supportive, being able to go on trips, being able to mm. actually show kids, show my kids both sides of it. And I think parents kind of slip away with that. Or they lose track of that. Yeah, they lose yeah. track of that because you have a, a idea of what you may have come from, what you may have gone through. But you get to, especially if you get to a, a plateau of success, money, stature, whatever, I think some parents don't give that leeway of still showing your kids what what life what life tried to hold you down by, environments you grew up in, the people that you interact with, and seeing all around sides and not just seeing, okay, now we good, we got the big house, we got the money, he's a TV star. Mm. Um I want to be like a all around and not neglect. Not like I said, like not neglect the bad parts. Like is not there. Not neglect the racism. Not neglect the societal issues. Not neglecting where I came from. Things I had to go through. Not neglecting that, and showing kids that you can transition from either side of it. Whether hmm. you come into greatness, if you don't come into greatness, if you come to money, if you don't come into money, whatever case may be, hmm. you can still. You can still thrive, and at the end of the day, it still boils down to loving people. So, I guess it'll be just across the board, just great, all love and great loving father. Yeah. Well, you know what? That sounds good to me. You be my daddy. I'm. <laughs> I'm just playing, Maylin. <laughs> I'm just playing. Anyway, um, um, I want to really thank you. You know, for you know sharing no that with us. You know, sometimes talking about someone's father if they didn't have a father in their life is a very sensitive subject and um i think that it should be in my opinion it should be growth a way of growth and just yeah, because you sure. and just because <clears throat> your father wasn't in your life man he's missing out on a great human being because i'm so i'm so appreciative i ran into you at at&t um i'm glad that you're part of the help show team I'm I'm really glad you're on board. I think you're an amazing individual. I think your father's missing out on such a what you know what, what? what a great guy you are. I just thought about something. What you think about? I think the first thing outside of emotion huh. that I would probably tell him, or if he somehow listens to this podcast, at the end of the day, I guess thank you hmm. from what I've seen. I guess. Huh. Um. Because it's two-sided. Because you have kids that have the two-parent structure. You have the things you need. You have financial aspect. You have the 
And they're ungrateful. You push. <laughs> and it's not even ungrateful. You have a... I mean, this is me speak, speaking from my personal experience. You have that... You have that breaking point of... Of how things are supposed to be or how you get to certain levels. <laughs> and I kind of saw it from the complete opposite side. Because I've seen kids that I've grown up with, family too. <laughs> you have the structure. You have the parents. You have the two-parent right. household. Right. You have the two-job household. You have the the good influence. You have the, the support. You have everything that you ask for for parents. But there's still a gap that will slip because kids get into a level of comfortability. Okay. And you become comfortable on having what I call a safety net. If you know that what you truly want to do at heart, mm-hmm. it'll, you know, it's going to drop out and people are going to um, settle. And, oh, if it doesn't happen, I know mom and dad got me. Right. And, like, that kind of went away from me because I know that wasn't there for me so I had to kind of Hi this is Nayetta and I am with Lincoln Stevens Say hi Lincoln Hey hi Lincoln No whatever <laughs> <laughs> And um, this month is to our fathers. And I wanted to, not I wanted to, I am interviewing Lincoln because he is such an amazing man. Um, Lincoln is a Dallas, a Dallas, Texas native. Yeah. Actually, he lives around the corner from my mom. This is really amazing. And I just, I, I just see how he treats his son Montgomery. You know, um, Lincoln, just watching him and, just interacting with Lincoln and Lincoln and I kind of, I know his sister and, and we kind of know the same people and just really encountering with Lincoln. Lincoln is amazing. Plus I was doing some Instagram stalking. (laughs) 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 So, um, I want, first of all, I would like for you to introduce yourself and let the audience know a little bit about Lincoln. And, um, also I would like for you to, Tell the audience a little bit your upbringing, how you were you were brought up. So those two first. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. So I am, like you mentioned, I'm from Dallas, Texas, born and raised. was raised in Buckner Terrace, which is near Pleasant Grove. Okay. And then moved to Lake Highlands area. Okay. Uh, went to college in Missouri, okay. University of Missouri. Graduated from Bishop Village High School, I'll say that. Okay. Um, went to college in Missouri. Uh, came back, worked in advertising, got my degree in journalism, um, worked in advertising, and moved to Chicago, continued to work in advertising, and then founded a nonprofit that I run currently. It's our 10-year anniversary this year. Super excited about that. Um, But was raised by two of the best people uh, in the world, I consider, uh, my parents, Calvin and Sandra, uh, they w- will be married for 42 years uh, in November. Wow. Yeah. Um, my grandparents, my mom's parents were married for, I think, 56 years. And my um, dad's parents were married for, what, 67 years, something like oh, that. Wow. And both marriages ended because 
till death do you part. Okay. Um, and um, so I've I have always enjoyed seeing um, what love and endurance looks like um, through their uh, examples and um, and through the love that they showed us and and my siblings and family. Um, so, um, but grew up pretty humbly, I guess you could say, like, um, like we always were compared to the Cosby's. Um, be careful with the Cosby thing right now. (laughs) I have to be careful to the Huxtables. Sorry. Compared to the Huxtables. That is my mistake. Um, but, um, but, you know, didn't have the, um, you, you know, when you are able to carry yourself in a certain way, people might have the per- a perception of you that is different than your reality. Right. But that doesn't mean that you, you lower how you carry yourself. Correct. Um, um, to fit into someone else's um, fit into someone else's narrative of you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I get that. Yeah. Okay. You gotta stay true to yourself. Yeah. You do. <laughs> you do have to stay true to yourself. Most definitely. Okay. So with you having um, both your parents um so the question, since it's Father's Day, mm-hmm. who do you consider to be your father? Like, because just because you grew up, see the perception thing, that's what stuck out to me, perception. Mm-hmm. Because just because they, people pictured you, your father is being your father. Was your father your father? Was he your mentor? Was he, was he considered your father? Was someone else considered your father? Yeah, I... <clears throat> I mean, I always definitely knew that my dad was my dad. Okay. There were uh, times, and I didn't recognize how to call this until uh, maybe a couple of years ago. Okay. Maybe about three years ago, I was at um, the Manpower Conference uh, um, uh, inside of Megafest with T.D. Jakes, my pastor. Okay. And someone was talking about... Um, physical presence and emotional absence. Okay. There were some times where I felt like my dad was emotionally absent. Okay. And I didn't understand, I didn't really understand that. I was like, oh, did I do something? Why don't you want to really talk to me? And different, my, my mom and I could sit and talk for hours and work through problems. My dad would just kind of be like, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but um, a lot of that is is just his dad was a quiet person right and wor- and both of them worked very very hard right and so sometimes when you work hard and now i recognize I, now i get it being a dad myself right when you work hard all day and you have all these things on your mind and you right. come home sometimes you actually it's, it's sometimes you actually don't have very much to give your energy is gone your energy is depleted yeah. um and you know, we have, I have much more conveniences now. Like I, I can sit here while, while we are talking right. and order groceries and they'll be delivered before we finish talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You know, 
And so there are more conveniences now. So it may, it's easier for me to be more present. It was easy. It's easier for me to be more present than my dad. Right. And it was easier for my dad to be more present than, to me than his dad, who worked two jobs in oil refineries. Right. Um, in, in, in Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, so I definitely recognize him as my father figure. I can't think about anybody else that would that I could say is a father figure to me. Right. Uh, perhaps my grandparents, but my grandfathers. I didn't grow up with them in the same city. Okay. Um, but I respected them as 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 those types of elders. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't have anybody else that I could I could consider as. A father figure. I do have mentors that I've okay. met later on, like in college okay. and so forth, but no one else that would be like a father to me. And how did they mentor you? Um, compared to your, you know, compared to your father being your father figure? Cause yeah, most of my mentors were not that far, are not that far away in age to me. Okay. Um, and so it's more like brotherhood. Okay. Um, instead of instead of fatherhood um they i I would say give give a different perspective to the things that i have uh to bring to the table uh to work through whether it's personally professionally uh family wise it's just another perspective and their mentorship is is that of of keeping me honest like it's good to have somebody that would not only come come to see about you but will tell you about yourself you need that sometimes you really need you can't have a bunch of yes men uh and yes women around you uh you need people that will keep you balanced and honest and uh and, and and i respect that about all those that that i have in my life that are like that okay i like that so with your father being your father your dad um what you can give me a couple, um, a couple great memories that you you had with your your father, with your dad. I think one of my greatest memories is um, there. There are two that stick out. Okay. The first one I only remember because I have it on video. Okay. Um, and um, <clears throat> it was nineteen eighty five. Now, you know, black folks didn't really have video cameras back then. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing, A, to have a piece of footage uh, from that time period. Yeah, from that, yeah. Um, but uh, I remember him teaching me how to cook. And he said, son, I'm going to teach you how to be a master chef. Okay. And he was making this dish that uh, that I still love. I just made it for some friends twice last week. Okay. Um, it's shrimp and linguine with... Uh, curry and mm. a butter, white mm. wine sauce. Now he didn't teach me about the wine. Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you add that into you it. You add that into it. You got to get aged properly. Okay. Um, but um, but I rem- but it's you know what the saying is. You can teach a man to fish. Uh, you, you can teach a man to uh, catch. No, okay. What is it? No, no, no. So it's too I, early in the morning. I, and I, yeah, I know it's like nine o'clock. Come on. I know. Um, so basically, <laughs> um, you can take a man. You can give a man a fish. Or, or you can teach. A or man you can to, teach a man a fish. Yes. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Anyhow, you can you can you can you can take a man. You can take a, your son out to eat, or you can teach him how to cook. Pretty much, that's what it is. That's yes, it. yes. So 
I'm glad because that's one that's one of my biggest passions is cooking for people. Oh, me too. Yeah. Okay. So I I, I love that. And then uh, my other greatest memory um, is when I was young, we went to um, Taos, New Mexico, and mm-hmm. went to um, went camping and horseback riding. Wow. Uh, and I say horse pack riding because we literally packed the horses down. <laughs> And went camping. Like, you had to put everything, your canteen, your <laughs> luggage, everything on the horses. And we rode through the snow and everything like that and went camping. Uh, and that was just a great memory. That was uh, a great memory. I like that. that those are really great memories. <laughs> you were the Hawks <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember uh, Theo. <laughs> oh, boy, Malcolm, Jamal Warner. I don't remember... Them going camping. Well, they lived in New York. They right? lived in New York. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like in Dallas. They would totally been going camping. <laughs> they really would have been going camping. So, um, you know what? I, man, that's a great memory. Like, I don't think I went camping as a kid. I'm jail. I was in Boy Scouts. Um, yeah. Uh, and so that was, it was really a part of one of the things that, <clears throat> that we had to do. Okay, um, then you took a liking to it. I'm jealous. I want to go yeah, camping. I mean, I'm not sure enough if I took a liking to it. I haven't gone camping that much, actually. Okay. Because <laughs> I've never been I camping. Did, but I did like, I do love horses. You do? I do like riding horses. I'm a Sagittarius. I'm, I am half horse. Oh. Half okay. man, half beast. <laughs> <laughs> and let me see. So, with. Okay, so I do want to know what you did for Father's Day because I'm a little nosy. Because so, I was on Instagram. I have to tell you guys this. I'm always like Instagram stalking. Like, and sometimes I don't like, sometimes I do like. But I was like, how was that? Was it as great as it looked on the picture? You know, because sometimes people just, you know, they, you have all these smiles. Mm-hmm. And those smiles are not true. Yeah. You know, so I want to know, like, tell me, what did you do on Father's Day? Yeah, I had... A great Father's Day. I mean, it's only my second one being a being a dad. Yeah. But this was like the best. I got up. Well, first, I got up. Um, my son and I were sleeping in the same bed. Okay. And I got up, and he just kind of woke me up, and we just kind of hung out. Oh, okay. Uh, as we got ready for church, and we always get up and put a little music on, do a little either Fela Kuti or some. Praise and worship, either one. It's okay. all, all the music is is is, is, is to the uh, encouragement of good spirits around you. Okay. Um, but um, so we did that, and then we d- drove to Starbucks. Okay. And got a little quick to go breakfast, and then went to church and had a good time there. And my sister called me, and uh, she said, "Man." I just can't believe you're a dad. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, and you're a good one. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, and I was like, you're a great one. I, I said, we'll come back to that. Uh, but, she, but because I, when I was coming up and I have two younger sisters, like I was felt like I was their father figure. <laughs> Sometimes I'd just yell at him and be talk all crazy at him. Still, might do might catch me on the wrong day. I might do the same thing. Um, but um, I think what she was trying to say is that um, she's glad to see 
my maturity um, mm-hmm. to be patient enough to be the type of dad that I am because I would be very quick to anger yeah. uh, if I didn't see if, if, if I said okay do this and then don't do that like right. I just I'm very I'm I've learned so much patience, like hmm. real, real patience. Yeah. And the thing, you know, that I'll, that I'll say when you said you're a great dad, what part of, so when my sister was telling me that, I actually sat after we got off the phone in the parking lot in church and cried hmm. because I had been in it since I became a dad and especially in days like Father's Day, I'm inundated with people saying you're a great dad or you're an awesome dad and this or that and I while I like that praise to a certain extent I think that it's relatively sad that doing what is expected makes you great right I I was changing my son in his diaper in the bathroom one day of like Whole Foods and this guy was in there and he said Way to step in there and be a great dad. Why? Because I'm changing his and dirty diaper. diaper? Yeah, that's <laughs> I was in the or like I was in the airport with Montgomery two weeks ago, and um, we we had a red uh, a red eye, and to keep him awake long enough because I wanted him to sleep on the plane. So right. maybe that was selfish of me. <laughs> um, I was just running around with him in the airport, like chasing him, letting him chase me and stuff like that. This woman came up to me and said, oh my gosh, what a great father. Why? Because I'm taking care of him? And I think that we, we, you know, you have, so you counter that with people then saying, oh, you're babysitting your son today? No, I'm not babysitting him. Right. I'm taking care of him. Most definitely. And so I do recognize the alternative, however, that there are dads that aren't in their kids' lives and they don't want to be. Right. There are dads that aren't in their kids' lives because the mother doesn't want them to be. be. Uh huh. And there's a lot of in between all that. Right. But I, I, I think until I haven't been a dad long enough to be characterized as a great dad. Right. I haven't been tested enough. He's barely been. He's had an ear infection. He's barely been sick. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, he's healthy. Right. He's a, he's kind. He's a sweet boy. I haven't been tested enough to say that's great because I haven't overcome enough. You can't, like, somebody, you could say to people, oh, you have a great marriage and they only been married for a year. Yeah. What's a great marriage for a year? Thank you. Give me 10, 12, 15, 20 <laughs> do, years. You, do 42 like my parents. Man. And then and, come and, back and, to and me. And then come back yeah. to me. Yeah. So I think that I thank you for saying that, but I think that you'll need to come back when Montgomery's 50 and ask him if I'm a great dad. Right. Because doing what's normal should not, we shouldn't put what's normal on the pedestal of greatness when it's what we should be expected to do. But in today's society... It doesn't matter. Sorry to cut you off. Okay. We can, we can make that excuse about today's society. Okay. All we want. Okay. But greatness and what you're expected to do, it... it it transcends time. Right. We have examples throughout time of what we should be doing. And we tend to all, and that's the reason why I cut you off. We tend to go back to, but in today, okay, whatever. Okay. We are where we are today and okay. we have all those things. But we, and especially as black people, we tend to 
we tend to do that. Oh, well, today we have this and today we have... We had much more obstacles, many more obstacles hundreds of years ago than we have now. Right. It is too easy for... It's too easy, it, like, in, in the time period where you didn't even have the ability to... Uh, FaceTime or do any of this to have a connection. Right. You could say, oh, well, you know, that person was never there or they didn't make an attempt because there was no technology to bring you there. Okay. But we have too many conveniences that actually allow us to be better and more present than we did than we did before. So we cannot use as an excuse the the statistics of today okay. to inform us on 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 how we examine and rate marriage, parenthood, all that type of thing. Right. Sorry. You know but, what? But go ahead. You know, in today's society. You know what? My train. In today's talk, society. You know what? No. Fifty percent. You know divorce, what? Seventy percent divorce. You know what? People having kids out of wedlock more at a higher rate. Really. And all that. Really, Lincoln? Is that where you were going? No, I wasn't, okay. but it doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> because you cut my train of thought off. I was in the moment, and you was like, boop. No, let me, let me school you, homegirl. Let me school you, Nyetta. <laughs> so I guess I got school today. <laughs> but the reason it, it used to... To me, my, when you bring a life into the world, help conceive a life, it, it, you suppo- you're supposed to want to take care and nurture and love what you have created. But we come from a society where a lot of selfishness lies. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want to come in the society part. Like, you being praised for being a great father. You being praised for, um, for um, teaching Montgomery. You being praised for caring and changing diapers and things of that nature with Montgomery. But if you look at today and if you look at society, you look at the news, you look what's going on, it's all about me, 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 selfish, 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 selfish. So you doing the act of what you're supposed to do as a parent, as a father, sometimes it is out of the norm. There are a lot of... Because... I think, I think it's out of the norm that we see it. Okay. I think there are... I know a lot of my friends that are fathers that do the same thing and have come from generations of it it's just it's what we it's what is chosen for us to see in the media and this is coming from someone that's in the media okay um and it is also somewhat what we choose to see okay um but it's there it's been there it's not near there nearly enough um but we it's and the um they were talking about this at, at, at church yesterday. So it's just, it's just that, and and it was interesting. So going to a, a predominantly black large church, it can be up to eleven thousand people in our service every oh, wow. Sunday. Um, uh, my pastor asked everyone who had grown up like without their dad hmm. to, uh, or with a, an estranged relationship. To stand up. Hmm. And I thought it was going to be a majority of the church. Hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't. Wow. I would say there was probably a fourth of the church. Oh, wow. And that showed to me that we do have many, many um, examples of, I don't want to say broken households. We have many examples of single parent households. Right. And estranged relationships with fathers. Hmm. Uh, but what that told me is that either 
a lot of the people that were sitting down didn't want to stand up. Well, we actually do have a lot of people that have have come through and have relationships with their dads. Which is good, yeah. uh, which I think is it's awesome. amazing. So, <clears throat> what, since, since you said you were like, you know, Montgomery's too. Mm-hmm. So, I want to know, um, how does it feel to be a father? Um, from what you expected, what you thought you may have been before you, before in Montgomery came into the picture, what kind of father you thought you were going to be. Mm-hmm. And I would like to know what kind of father do you, 30 years from now, what kind of father do you expect to, what you expect to become or you mm-hmm. expect to be or, because you, right, you, we talked about you didn't, you know, you haven't, you know, even did an ear infection or you, you just, this is your second father's day. The second or third, how old is Montgomery? Two? He'll Three? be two next he is, month. He is tall. He's going to be tall. Uh, the, I think he's going to be tall. The pediatrician, maybe, the pediatrician says, well, he's not the, he's not the tallest guy in his class. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's long, um, but he's, he's, he's lengthened out. He's kind of skinny. He's very active. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure what kind of dad I was going to be. Okay. Um, I knew, I knew because I've been a a mentor for, for a long time and, and, and been patient at, you know, listening, hearing, uh, other people. I knew that I had the capacity to love past myself. Okay. Um, but I wasn't sure because I just didn't know what he would need from me and how I could give it to him hmm. uh, uh, at a young age and then and then later on. Um, but what I've learned is like it's like the best thing in the world. Hmm. Like I, if I didn't have to pay for this here mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And if he and if I didn't need him to, you know, be socialized with other kids and stuff like that, I could hang out with him all day long. Huh. I mean, literally all day, every day, I could hang out with him. I just was with him for seventeen days straight, just he and I, and I did not want that to end. Oh wow! Um, because he has, and it's, and it's more about him than about the concept of fatherhood. He's just a great spirit. Hmm. You know, he's just a funny, just laughable, sweet kid. And um, and I, lo- I love it. Um, I love that he challenges me to see the selfishness in myself. Okay. It's like, uh, what do you mean you want some... Uh, juice, trying to watch House of Cards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but little, I mean, little things to the big things. Like, what will you, what will you, what will you uh, sacrifice? Hmm. You know? Um, and it's true enough that I think about that just for a second. You know, what was the bigger sacrifice? God sacrificing his son? Hmm. Or the son sacrificing his own life. Hmm. Because I would hate to see any level of pain. It, when, also because I'm an empath, an empathic spirit. Hmm. Whenever 
Montgomery cries, and I know he's crying because he's either actually hurting or he's confu- really confused about something, which is could be a form of hurt. Mm. It just it grips my soul because oh. I feel him, huh. and so you know I wonder if that's the same type of. Th- so I wonder then, then what is the greater sacrifice? You seeing someone go through something, knowing that you could have prevented it, okay, uh, and knowing that you asked them to do it, huh. right? Right. Um, or that the pain that 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 your child went through, which hurts more, um, and so I I enjoy being so deeply connected to this spirit, and he looks just like me. Oh, he does. <laughs> when I was a kid. It's like when I look at pictures of me as a kid, and I see him, I'm like, wow. You could oh, but you get a do over. <laughs> get a do over, okay. You get a do over. It's good, a good do over. A good do over. Okay. But okay. um uh but I love it. I love it. In terms of what kind of father I will be in the future, mm-hmm. I mean it's one day at a time, you know, I'll figure it out. Huh. Um uh, it'll depend on the demands that we have in the world. Okay. Um but I but undying love will always be there. Um, my hope and I wish. Hmm. Um, just provision without spoil. Okay. Like I don't. <clears throat> like we were in the we were in the store the other day getting, a, and I said we're going to Target because you, you your drum was broken. I'm gonna get you a new drum. Okay, daddy. <laughs> okay, we're only in here to get a drum, buddy. <laughs> And me, like, I'm like, oh, get this, get this, get this. I'm a conspicuous consumer. Okay. And um, he, we got the drum, found that, and then there were a couple other things that he wanted. Right. And I could see his use for them. It wasn't like frivolous toys. I could see how they could benefit him. Okay. But I needed to say, all right, maybe one day we'll come back and get that. Okay. Today we only came in here to get a drum. I, I think it's important to draw a barrier and boundaries and, and boundaries. lead by example. And if yeah. you, yes, yeah. it's very important. Because otherwise, if I had my way, I'd have gotten the drum, <laughs> the tambourine. <laughs> I would have gotten them the car and all the Lincoln logs and everything, the new comforter set. You know, because he just sees everything, and he, you know, and just because you see it and point it out doesn't mean you need it. That's correct. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's like, if, ah. Yeah. But this is this is good. It, it'll teach him to save. It's like yeah. these little lessons that you're teaching him. It'll help him be a great, become a great man. Yeah. You know, to have, to have patience, to have to draw those boundaries, to have to learn have resistance. Like you know what, I can come back one day and get them, or I come back next week. So this is these are great examples that you're teaching, um, Montgomery. So we're gonna close. I wanna, I wanna close this on a note to your father. Because interviewing you today, I'm absolutely just amazed by you. And I'm going to give him so many hugs, and I might give you a kiss on the cheek. I'm <laughs> But a friend kiss on the cheek. A friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, man, I just, I'm so, I'm just so amazed with you. And you've been, this is just the beginning of something great. Like two years, 10 years, 20 years from now, he might... Your son might be the next president. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
He might be. another country. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully of another country that has an island or something. Uh, So, so with this, with, with the end of this, I want, if you could tell your father anything. Because he's done such an amazing job raising you. And you're right now you're doing a really, really great job um, raising Montgomery. Okay. If you can tell your father anything, what would you tell your father? I'm glad that we're friends now. I'm giving him a hug. I'm giving you a hug. <laughs> I just love you, Lincoln. <laughs> I really like that. I'm glad that we're friends now. This is good. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the help show. Lincoln, thank you so much um, for interviewing. And it's early in the morning. <laughs> and I only say early because I used to not get up to like 11 o'clock. <laughs> now I get up at 6 in the morning. 6 in the morning. I have him, so. <laughs> so I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for thank taking you. the time out of your busy um, morning to interview with The Help Show. And um, have a wonderful day, Lincoln. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. For more information, please visit thehelpshow.com. Thank you for listening, and please stay tuned.